guys, it's Ryan. Thanks for tuning into Theology-ish. Before we jump in, I just want to emphasize that the discussions on this podcast are exploratory in nature and delve into a variety of theological perspectives. They do not strictly represent or define our personal stances on the faith nor the doctrine of our affiliated churches. We encourage listeners to reflect, question, and seek guidance from their local church leaders. Our goal is to foster understanding and curiosity. We ask that you listen with a humble and discerning mind. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Theology-ish. My name is Ryan. I am joined today, as always, by my co-host, William. Yo, that's me. I'm, what's going on, brother? What's going on? What's good? Uh, why, why don't you tell, what this po- tell us what this podcast is about? This podcast is about whatever we feel like. That about but sums it up. Most of the time, it's about theology or uh, the Bible or the church and church history and whatnot. Most recently, it was about Star Wars and a little before that about Satanism, but uh, generally, theology. Yeah, uh, and I've, I've got a bone to pick with our audience. Okay. But- because you guys, for some reason, decided that the Star Wars episode is the one you wanted to listen to more than all the other ones. And the the viewership on that episode is about double what we normally get. We, we so far, anyway, it's still yeah. going. But we have, like, maybe 12 views total on the video on the Trinity. Yeah. Which is, like, you know, kind of important. And it, the Star Wars one has been up for less than three days, and it's already surpassed that. Not e- it's been up for less than two days at this point. So... Go and listen to the Trinity one. That's much more important than Star Wars. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I love Star Wars. I don't. For those of you that listen to it, it, you'd know that. But maybe that's not the episode we should be promoting. Yeah, that one. uh, But, you know, whatever. Thanks for the views, guys. Uh, Anyway, Ryan. Yes. uh, I have a retraction to make. Oh, a previous episode that we did. Oh, you're admitting you were wrong. Yeah, that happens to me sometimes, believe it or not. In our episode about sin, toward the beginning of it, I say something to the effect that of the Iliad and the Odyssey, like ancient Greek texts, talking about sin. Yes. Uh, They don't. I was mistaken. What they talk about is impiety, which is different it sure than is. sin but my point that i was trying to make is that um cultures who believe in gods or god have an understanding of the way that the individual is supposed to relate to d- the divine and there if you don't act right you can call that in christian and jewish and islamic traditions sin But in the Greek tradition, they would refer to it as impiety, and it is a a bit of a different thing. So I I just want to clear that up and say, my bad. I had my wires crossed there. Well, good on you for being the bigger man before anyone could call you out. Yeah, yeah. But that's not what we're talking about today, nor are we talking about Star Wars. No, 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 we're not. We are talking about the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, so if you guys recall... Uh, quite a while ago at this point, William had, uh, had dared me 
to do the Lord's Prayer three times a day in between our recordings and to see how that goes. And then on the follow-up to that, I dared him to do the same thing and then said the next time we record, we'll swing back around to that. But then we didn't. And that's because I did until William stopped me and said, no, hang on, bro, because the next time we record, I want to do a whole episode about this. So yeah. that's what we're doing today. So we're, that's what we'll be talking about today, not sin, not, well, a little bit about sin, but not Star Wars and not anything else. We'll be talking about the Lord's Prayer. Which is pretty important. Yeah. Um, so in in the Didache and in other documents from the early days of the church, it was kind of a given that Christians would say the Lord's Prayer three times a day. And some Christians still do that. We as Protestants don't really do that. Uh, we read that part where Jesus says to not do like the pagans do, who think they'll be rewarded for their many words. And then we get nervous about saying prayers that are repetitive. Yeah. yeah. Is that fair? I think so. Yeah. And a lot of, I remember this one time when I was at a student at Lee University in Tennessee, um, for a class that I was in, we had to read this prayer that some monk wrote in the year 12 or whatever. And we had to read this prayer, and I was talking to one of my classmates, Matthew. I was like, hey, Matthew, what do you think about the reading? And he goes, oh, you know, man, I, I don't really care for prayers that are, like, written down. It just feels kind of kind of phony to me, you know? And I was like, well, do you not read Psalms, Matthew? <laughs> and he he points at me and he goes, touche, touche. Um, so yeah, we I think we should be a little less uh, sketched out about pre-written prayers Perhaps. than we are. Because, um, you know, the Psalms are that. And yeah. if you're against pre-written prayers, you should not have the Psalms in your Bible, I guess. I guess not. Yeah. Um, so would you, uh, would you, let's start by just, why don't you tell us, Ryan? Yeah. What, as you've prayed the Lord's Prayer three times, uh, three times a day, most days. Yeah. What has your experience of that been like? It is hard to describe. Do it anyway. Even now, it's, it's been what, two, three months since that that first was something I started doing. And still, I'm struggling to figure out exactly what it is that I'm experiencing. It's been good. It's been a pleasant experience, no doubt. Um, it's, it's bore some fruit in its own right. Um, I've certainly become more familiar with the Lord's Prayer, uh, which is certainly a good thing. Uh, it's, as I've mentioned in a previous episode, had me doing a bit of contemplative theology in regards to it, which has been kind of fun as well, um, and helped me pick it apart and generally just get a better understanding of the prayer itself and what it is. But as for the spiritual aspect of it that I know I'm feeling, I'm still having a hard time putting it into words what it actually is is if that makes sense yeah yeah that's fair um well why don't we i i, I have some thoughts because i've been doing it too for a little while not as long as you now yeah but, 
you had a, a three-week head start on me. I sure did. But let, let's just go over the Lord's Prayer real quick just for our yeah. audience. Uh, because most of us are, you know, pretty familiar with it. Because Grandma had it cross-stitched somewhere on oh, the wall in her house. Certainly. But you Embroidered might not, on her pillows. Yeah, but you might not know it just offhand. So would you like to, to read it or would you like me to? Uh, I'd be happy to if you would provide me with the reference for it. I believe it is Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. It sure is. Well done. All right. Pray then in this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And that is the NRSV version. It's a good version. Um, Yeah, so sometimes there's slightly different versions where it's do not bring us to the time of or do not lead us to temptation, but, but deliver, deliver us, us from, from the evil one. From the evil one. Sometimes it's just deliver us from evil. evil yeah. Um, like that scene in Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. Yeah, that that scene where the Green Goblin, played by William Defoe, where he bursts through Willem. the wall. It's Willem Defoe. It's Willem? It's Willem. Is it spelled different than... Yeah. Really? Do you not know that? Is it L-L-E-M? I believe so. Hold on. We'll get back to the Lord's Prayer in one second. (laughs) Yeah, he bursts through the wall. It's a great scene, and Aunt May is in the middle of praying. Yeah, it's L-L-E-M, Willem Dafoe. All right, well, whatever. Spell it right, Hollywood man. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, he bursts through the wall. She's in the middle of prayer and praying the Lord's Prayer, and he goes, finish it, and he makes her say the last line, and it's... uh, but deliver us from evil. And, and then like, he laughs like a maniac and yeah. kidnaps her. Yeah. But, you that know. That scene lives rent-free in my head. It, it's creepy. Yeah. It's a creepy scene. Still the best version of Spider-Man out there. Don't at me. Anyway. Ooh, um, that's a discussion for another episode. So, I recently read a book. Um. Uh, by a gentleman named Joshua Gibbs. And in this book, he said that pagans repeat their prayers because their gods have thick skulls. Ooh. And Christians repeat their prayers because we have thick skulls. Um, what a jab. Which is a great line. And when I read that, it, I was like, oh. Of course, because I had been praying the Lord's Prayer three times a day, most days, for yeah. a little while at that point. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, like, it very much reflected my experience with this thing, because I knew the Lord's Prayer already, but praying it multiple times a day, every day, it's 
kind of uh, seeped in a lot more. Yeah. And each of the lines of it have become much more pregnant with meaning than they were previously. Is, does that make sense? Is, yeah. Have you felt something similar? Yeah, I I feel like that's a pretty fair assessment of uh, how my experience has been as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's even one of those things you do it enough times, you don't even have to read it anymore. You just, you know it, right? Yeah. Which is kind of where I'm at right now, which is which is nice. Memorization is a good thing when it comes to Bible verses. But yeah, I I think that's fair. Yeah, and I I think it, I want to say it's Thomas Aquinas. So, you know, I'm just so smart and well-read that I casually quote 13th century theologians. Um, Oh, of course. (laughs) Only the most scholarly rigor here on this podcast. Yeah, uh, I actually don't know if it was Thomas Aquinas, but I think it was. I think it was Thomas Aquinas who said that education is conforming the mind to reality. Or the soul to reality. That might be another way to okay to think of that. And I think that saying the Lord's Prayer uh, three times a day, most days, because there have been a time or two where I've yeah I've missed it. Sure, but I, I, I it has been my experience that it has been educating me, and it's been increasingly conforming my mind to the reality. Yeah. So, um, our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Well, you know, it, you might not... It, it's not that we don't think that, but how often do you really meditate on the hallowedness of God? Yeah. But you say it three times a day, and eventually, at some point, it's going to get through your thick skull that what you're doing is a holy act. Yeah. Um, You are approaching the God of the universe in prayer. And it's, it's neat. It is neat. To say the least. Uh, Have have you had a a similar kind of experience with that or not so much at that part or what are your thoughts? I don't think that would be incorrect in saying so. Um, perhaps not as much as you. Not not to such a deep extent, personally. But at least a little bit, for sure. I, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, so then the, the next line, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Again, thinking along the lines of my my heart and mind being conformed with reality. Um, I want my will to be done. Yeah. On earth and in heaven. I want things to be how I want things to be. Doggone it. Yeah. Yeah. I know I have good ideas and things should be. You're smart. Yeah. Things should be how I say they ought to be. Darn it. Yeah. But then you say the Lord's Prayer three times a day, every day. <laughs> and your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it uh, it sticks you into that 
a space uh, that is reality, which is that you are small and God is in charge and you are not. And you are small and God is bigger than the boogeyman. It's true. He He's bigger than Godzilla and the monsters on TV. It's true. And I hope all of our listeners understand that reference. Uh, it's VeggieTales, in case you didn't get that reference. You didn't go watch VeggieTales. It's productive. Well, you if you're a preschooler. I'd at, argue it's always productive. As what I assume are adult listeners, you might want to not watch VeggieTales, but I digress. I like watching VeggieTales sometimes, you know? A little uh, throwback to childhood. I haven't watched VeggieTales in a long time. I'll have to get you to watch some VeggieTales. I don't want to do that. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, does, does that make sense, what I'm saying, though? That it, it's educational in that it conforms your heart and mind to how it ought to be? Yeah, and I think... In in nature, it has to be educational because not only is the Lord's Prayer a direct quote from Christ himself, so we ought to pay attention to that anyway, but he also, he, he prayed that prayer as an example to the disciples. Its whole purpose was to teach the disciples how they ought to pray. Right. And if it is educational for them then, it is still educational for us now. Have you ever heard a preacher man get up and say, well, this is how he says this is how you ought to pray. So this is how this is like a template. Yeah. You don't have to say these oh, words exactly. But absolutely. It, it's a template. So we say, God, holy are you. I love you, God. <laughs> and uh, your will be done. And like, not mine. Not mine. And they like take the overarching ideas in each sentence yes. and then they use different words. Yeah, and that's not just a, a preacher man thing. I've seen in my lifetime numerous articles or, you know, online resources that present the Lord's Prayer in that exact way as it is a template for us. That was what its purpose was. And therefore, you know, it. They break it down where, you know, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So what what they draw from that is that as a template, that means that the first thing you ought to do in prayer is acknowledge God and him, right? Acknowledge the father. And, and then they kind of go down the line like that and then say, well, it doesn't really matter how you say it as long as you're saying it the right way, right? Like, do you think that that's uh, that's accurate? After having been praying this three times a day, most days, do you, do you think that that's how we should approach the Lord's Prayer? Or is there something uh, special in the particular words that are already there? Yes and yes. Mm. I think that there is something very special and very, I want to say necessary about the Lord's Prayer as it is. I think that it exists the way it does for a reason, and we ought to pray it. However, I also don't think there's an issue with saying your own prayer following in the footsteps of the Lord's Prayer. 
And I say that because prayer is prayer, man, right? Like there's there's no bad prayer as long as it's done for the right reasons. And if the way that you do that happens to be taking the Lord's Prayer and then saying it in your own words, cool. You're praying? Awesome. And and I don't have an issue with that. But that doesn't mean we ought not pay attention to the Lord's Prayer itself, and we not we we ought not use it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The next line is, give us this day our daily bread. And when I've heard Preacher Man approach this as a template, this is the part they really like to talk about. Mm. Um, I'm going to... Because they go, and this part, this is the part where you pray for stuff you want. Yeah. Yeah, this is the part where you can just ask for winning lotto numbers or provision, like a nice watch. You know, stuff you need. An estate. Uh, And the only... The only part of this thing that is interested with material stuff is one line, and it's this one. Yeah. And, and what it asks for is just food, basic food. Don't yeah. let us starve. Amen. Now, I will point out that elsewhere in Scripture, uh, I don't remember exactly the verse reference. I believe in James— uh, is one of the places it talks about this, though. There's a couple, but I believe in James specifically is one of them. Uh, the the author, probably James, does say, you know, you you do not receive because you do not ask. Yeah. So if you ask, you will receive, unless you ask for the wrong reasons, in which case you will not receive. So there there are a couple others as well, and I'm sure I could have quoted that better, but there are a few places in Scripture where... It does very blatantly kind of lay out, like, if you want something from God, ask, right? That That is a part of prayer, that you ought ask God for the things you want as long as those things are desired for the right reasons. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not saying that you can't do that. Um, I, I just—there is a definite impulse in Western Christianity— for prayer to be a, a, a list of stuff you want. Oh, certainly. Um, even if those things are good, um, even if those things are, I don't know, for your friend to convert or uh, for Miss Trudy at church to get the the help she needs after her surgery because, you know, she's having a hard time or whatever. But a lot of times prayer is approached like that. Yeah. And that's not what we see here in the Lord's Prayer. That's not the principal part of it. No. And there's, oh, where is it? Where Paul talks about prayer, he says, he talks about um, supplications Petitions, yeah. requests, yeah. and prayers, right? Paul doesn't classify prayer yeah. 
in the same category as requests. Might have been in Romans. I think it's Romans. Humbly submit your request to God. But he, yeah. he seems to be implying, and this is how it's understood in uh, like orth- Eastern Orthodox Christianity. Yeah. The and other denominations as well. It's not just the Eastern Orthodox. I just know offhand. Yeah. Eastern Orthodox in particular. Um, they don't think of the request part of that we call prayer. That's not what it means for them. It's something else. Yeah. Um, and I think that we see that in the Lord's Prayer because there's very little requesting... Isn't? Yeah. Is that fair? That's fair. The next part. Give us this. So give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. So, Ryan, before this little experiment that we've been doing, how often would you say that you went to the Lord your God in a state of repentance? More than I'd like to admit. But, like, you know, ballpark. How how many times a day were you repenting prior to this? Prior to doing the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, how many times were you repenting? Not that many, to be honest. How many repentance per day? Come on, ballpark number. One, maybe two, if any. Yeah, I, I'm just yeah. going to keep a rule with you. And not much. Yeah. If at all. Like I, most I might, days, probably not. Most days, not at all. Yeah. And very, very suddenly, because you double dog dared me, yeah. I was repenting three times a day as I prayed the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. Um, and when I did something that I shouldn't have done, especially if it was close to the time of day that became the time of day that I would do my Lord's Prayer. Mm. I was like, dang it. (sighs) Yeah, I I gotta go repent now. I had a few of those as well. Yeah, and you have this moment where you're like, because if you just say it, you can just say the Lord's Prayer. But if you have a thing you did, Uh all of a sudden you're like, oh no. Yeah. I did a thing. I screwed up. Yeah, now you've got a specific thing in your head that you're asking God to forgive you for that you wouldn't have repented for otherwise. And, you know, to be sure, we don't have to repent for every individual sin. No. But it is productive to repent for the sins that the Lord brings to your mind. Yeah, and as a Protestant who goes to a Baptist church, right? We... We don't do we don't do penance. We don't do Sunday repentance. We don't have the little booth, right? We don't we don't do that. Nor do most denominations by volume, I wanna say. I think that's probably a fair assessment. But you know, the Catholics or probably I imagine the Lutherans, some of them The Orthodox. Yeah, the Orthodox, they they do that. And, you know, there's there's certainly an argument to be made that we don't need to do that because Christ is the ultimate mediator, right? There's there's the whole debate of, well, 
do we need a priest to be there to forgive us of our sins as a mediator between us and God? And then the Protestants will say, well, no, because Jesus, right? And that's a whole other discussion for another day. But like it or not, Scripture tells us to repent of our sins one way or the other. And it also tells us to do that with our fellow brothers in Christ. And if you're Protestant, that doesn't mean you have to do it in a, in a way of, oh, I want you to forgive my sins. But there is something very spiritually correct, something deeply rooted in us that is right about repenting our sins to each other. There's something very deeply correct about that. And I don't think I'm wrong in saying that. And I say that to say, even if you're not Catholic and you don't do penance and you don't go to the little booth or whatever, you should still repent. You should still, you know, talk to your good buddy, someone you trust, admit your sins to somebody, do it. And I promise you it will be worth it. What are your sins, Ryan? Why don't you uh, share those with us? Too many to number. Oh, certainly. Okay. Um, <laughs> maybe that'll be the next episode is just Ryan's sins, and it's just going to be an hour of me talking about the horrible things I've done. Yeah, that'd, that'd be fair. Um, but d- does is that fair? Yeah, yeah. And um, the benefits of confession to the soul, whether that confession is to a priest— or directly to Jesus or to your buddy, it, it does something for you to say to someone, hey, man, I screwed the pooch on this one, and to have them say, it's okay. It's, Th- that that does something for So you. much of it, I feel like, too, is an accountability thing. Because, like, if I, yeah. if, I, if I sin, if I do something bad I shouldn't, and then, ah, uh, I go repent to Jesus. How much easier is it to slip back into that sin than if you go to a a person who can keep you accountable and then come back later and say, "Hey, man, how's this? How's this going? Have you done it again? Do we need to pray? Do you know what can I do for you?" That for me is just such a, a helpful tool that we have at our disposal that I feel like a lot of people ignore. Because they take the, oh, I'm not Catholic approach, right? And think whatever you will about having to do that, maybe, or or doing penance, or priests, or all that. Repentance is good. Admittance of sin is good. Confession of sin is good, and you ought to do it. And if you say the Lord's Prayer three times a day... Good news. You'll be doing it three times a day. Yeah. Um... That was a bit of a rant. That's yeah. that's a topic I'm I'm a bit uh I I I like that topic. I recently read some stuff. Excuse me. I recently read some stuff by Ambrose of Milan. Yes. He uh was an Italian priest in Milan in Italy and he was writing around 400 give or take a few years. And he's got this part where he's talking about confession and how those who didn't shy away from the sin 
are now ashamed to say they did it. So you're not afraid to do it, but you're afraid to say that you did it. Mm. Which one is worse, the doing or the saying? And now you're so humble and modest that you couldn't possibly admit to the things that you've done that's wrong. And Yikes. Oof. That's deep. Wolf. Uh, The second part of that, so forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And I don't know about you, dear listener, but for me, that, that makes me sweat a little bit. Um, <laughs> I can go even deeper with that. Yeah, sure. Please do. In, uh, in Genesis, I believe it is. I might be wrong about that. I'm, I'm so bad about... Uh, just say what it is and yeah. I'll tell you if you're wrong. I'm so bad about remembering where things are in scripture. I need to get better at that. But I believe it's in Genesis <clears throat> where it, it states that when someone has wronged you as a Christian, you ought go and be right with them first not genesis that that's, yeah that's a thing jesus says to do is it, i don't know I, I the only reason i thought it was genesis is because my pastor is currently preaching through a series in genesis mm. and that was one of the verses he mentioned a couple of weeks ago and i couldn't remember if it was in genesis or just something else he pulled no, up it's, it's something else he pulled up either jesus, way jesus talks about how uh when you go to the temple if you realize that you have uh adversity with a brother you put your sacrifice down yeah go and make yeah leave your with gifts your at the altar yeah, go be go right with your brother be right with your brother and then make your sacrifice yeah but all the better if jesus said it then even you know when someone has wronged you you ought to go be right with them first you don't you don't wait for them to be right with you and to apologize for what they did and make it right. You go be right with them. That's a deep cut, man. That's hard. That is really hard to do sometimes. Yeah. Um, and keeping it uh, back with saying the Lord's Prayer three times a day, <clears throat> there were a couple times when someone did something to me yeah. that ruffled my feathers and I felt sinned against. And I, I started uh, to shake my fist a little bit. And then I, I was like, oh, delightful. I have someone to forgive today. <laughs> like, <laughs> how often do you reflect on forgiving the people that have wronged you in your life? Well, probably not very much. How often do you make a con- a moment of concerted effort to forgive the people that have harmed you? Yeah. Not often, but if you do the Lord's Prayer three times a day, as written, not as a template, but as written, three times a day, you are going to A, repent of your own sins, and B, take a moment and at least try to forgive the people that have sinned against you. Yeah. And that, that for me, has... um that's helped. Yeah. It's helped a lot. And again, it's educated me. It's conformed my mind to reality. Um, so that's, that's been good. Have, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that? Have you had, had found yourself forgiving people more or yeah, have you not noticed um, that much? Yeah. I've certainly had some people in my life, uh, over the last several months in particular that come to mind, who I won't name, of course, but some people that certainly have wronged me in recent times that I've been harboring a lot of grief over. 
uh, I've been, I don't know, there's a lot of pent up anger and frustration, I think even now still. And it's, it's something I'm still working through and something that ought to be resolved sooner rather than later, probably. But uh, I did find that as I was doing the Lord's Prayer three times a day, every single time, that one specific issue kept popping up in my mind. Every time I'd get to that part and feel like, ah, those people, that that thing they did every time. And, and as, the Lord's prayer invites you into forgiveness. Yeah. And as much as I can say that I've forgiven them and try to move on with my life and admit that to Christ. Still stings. It still stings. How much harder is it to go and to be right with my brother? Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can whew. I can forgive them to Christ. And that's that's great. But can I forgive them to them? Can I forgive them to their face? Can I go and try to be right? Because, again, I'm not going to go into any detail, but as it stands, this this issue that I'm having with certain people in my life right now have not apologized to me or made an effort to be right with me. And at what point do I say, okay, I'll put in the effort. I'll be the one to go and be right with you. And I think that what the Lord's Prayer gets at is the point at which you do that is now. You there is no waiting. And that was a that was a tough pill for me to swallow. Nice. So yeah. the Lord's Prayer has uh called you to repentance and reconciliation with your brother. Indeed. In, in a way that treating it as a template probably wouldn't. Probably not, no. Um because I mean I've been working through this issue with you know, some good friends of mine and, you know, my, yeah. my pastor and some other stuff. And that's been fine. But I don't think anything has really kicked me in the butt quite like this has to go, oh, man, I've been doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, uh, and it hurts. It, it really does. Yeah. But it's a good hurt. Right. It it's a good burn. Yeah, it, and it exhorts us to uh, spiritual maturity. It invites us to reconciliation and repentance and um, humility and all, all of these good things in, in a way that I don't three, think treating it as a template will do. Yeah. So the last last line... Do not lead us to temptation, but deliver us from from evil or from the evil one. That's a text. A uh, what's the word? Textual variant or manuscript I, variant. Some ancient manuscripts say deliver us from evil, and some say deliver us from the evil one. Yeah, or some modern translations like the NRSV will say trespasses. Wait for or sorry no that was the the wrong spot yeah, there previous verse yes that was that was my bad debts as we uh, forgive our debtors I'm not talking about that one I'm talking about the end which one line. like the very end verse yeah thirteen do not bring us to the time of trial but rescue us from the evil one or yes okay lead us not to temptation yes. but deliver us I was from, reading the wrong verse from the evil one yes yes anyway is there uh 
something you'd like to say about that last verse? Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Any thoughts on that one? I always found that part of the Lord's Prayer to to feel a bit redundant. Because it's like, well, it's God, right? God can't lead you into temptation because he's God. Well, the NRSV says trial instead of temptation. Which do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil. And that makes more sense in my mind. But a lot of translations will say temptation. Right. And that to me feels wrong because, again, he's he's God. He doesn't lead you to temptation. That's the opposite of what he does. Right. He delivers you from temptation. That's kind of the whole point. Um, Yeah. So I'm going to look up the Greek real quick. Yeah, because. Most modern translations that I have read have said temptation. The NRSV is an exception there, uh, for me at least, in my experience. And that always just kind of bothered me. And I wasn't really sure if it was just a translation thing or if I'm just not understanding it properly. But uh, maybe the Greek will clear it up some. Hold on, I clicked the wrong button. Oh, no. Mm. So I am using... The Bible Hub app, it's a wonderful resource. Um, You can pull up the Greek text, and it has hyperlinks to all kinds of commentaries and um, whatnot. So the Greek that is in the NRSV translated as trial, oftentimes translated as temptation, is perismon. Perismon. Uh, which is from perazo, a putting to proof of good, experience of evils, um, solicitation, discipline, or provocation, adversity. So mm. trial or temptation, and it's usually translated as temptation in its other occurrences in the Bible. I'm the Bible yeah. Hub app has a hyperlink to the Strong's Concordance, so you can just click on oh, that, look at that, and I'm able to look and see where it's used. Uh, usually translated as temptation, sometimes trial or testing. So do with that what you will. Yeah, It's something to the effect of... Don't lead us into hardship. Yeah, I don't really like the temptation translation, personally. That, And again, maybe I'm just not understanding what that's trying to get across exactly. Maybe that's just a me thing, and not so much a an actual issue with the nomenclature that's used, but trial makes more sense in my mind. And yeah, I mean, going through trials sucks, man. Going through those seasons of life suck. Sure does. And... Asking God not to give them to you makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that, again, it educates us by conforming our mind to reality because it starts with your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in the end, it's deliver us from evil. Yeah. And much like God is bigger than the boogeyman, um, he's bigger than whatever evil is out there, be that a... Um, personal evil force in whatever form that might take or just 
evil in general. God is greater than it. If God was not greater than the evil, we wouldn't be able to ask him to deliver us from it. Yeah. Um, and this conforms our mind to reality. It reminds us of who God is and how he relates to the world and how we ought to relate to him. And, you know, there's been a, a whole lot of... Uh, shall we say, adversity going on in the world for the past couple years. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. And by golly, the, the Lord's Prayer has, at least for me, kind of reminded me of who's in charge, you know? Yeah. And, and it's been, it's made my soul feel more at peace. Yeah, and... There's always as well the reassurance that is the fact that we have read the back of the book. We know how things end. And it's really easy to forget that sometimes. But whenever you see the things going on in the world and see how bad things are and certain events that are taking place, it's really easy to go, ah, man, this isn't good. This is, this is real bad. Not Not liking the way this is headed. But... I think what the Lord's Prayer helps you do is is remember that we have read the back of the book. We know what's going to happen. And what's going to happen is Christ will return and he will set things right. And the ultimate judgment will be had and the last laugh shall be God's, ultimately. And there's no greater reassurance for us than that. So... I think that is a a good thing that saying the Lord's Prayer three times a day has helped remind me of, uh, especially as you as you said in times like this that we live in in recent years with in these trying times. Yeah, with with all the stuff going on. I mean, it's twenty twenty three, man. We're it's almost twenty twenty four, which is weird to say, but. You know, it's been a rough few years for a lot of people. There's been a lot of really bad stuff that's happened over the last several years. Um, it's been a it's been a ride for sure. And you know, that's not exclusive to our generation either. I mean, yeah, there's there's always stuff. There's always something. There was um, the 2008 crash. Before that, I mean, there were something the you got to remember. If you were a medieval peasant. Or, you know, a uh, Native American person, pre-Columbian contact. Think, did you give a care what happened in somewhere in China? You didn't even know that that existed. Yeah. And now if there's like, I don't know, something terrible happening over in China, by golly, you hear about it. Yeah, pre-internet. Yeah, I mean, how much did we really care? Their news still circulated and people got information, but it traveled at the speed of horseback. And I, I don't know if we have the emotional and mental capacity to hear about stuff that happens in China and or Australia or whatever and to, to digest that and let that have a, a space in our hearts and heads 
Um, when for most of human history, what happened within a hundred miles of you is what you cared about. And beyond that, who cares? Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's kind of off topic a little bit, but you, do you get yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Not, not really related to the Lord's prayer, but the Lord's prayer has, um, brought my outlook a little bit, a little bit smaller yeah. than it had been and in a good way. Any uh, other thoughts about the Lord's Prayer that you'd like to to share or thoughts about prayer in general? Um, because this, I've said all I wanted to say. And um, gonna gonna try and pad this a little bit. We've got like fifteen minutes to go. Oh, that's fine. We can. This can be a short episode. I suppose. We don't have a contract with Spotify where they have to be at minimum one hey, hour. Hey, Spotify, you want to pay if us? If you want to give us a contract, <laughs> we'll, we'll sign that. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like that's that's about all I really wanted to say about it. Um, I guess a good question is, now that this little experiment of ours has passed and we've done our thing with it, you gonna you gonna keep doing it? You gonna keep saying the Lord's Prayer three times a day now that you technically don't have to? I, I think I've built a habit of it at this point. Yeah, and so it, it's most likely going to continue. That's kind of where I'm at too. I've been doing it for over two months at this point. It's just become such a norm. Yeah, it feels weird not to do it, and. Why not? If you're going to pray, you might as well pray the words that, that Jesus told us to pray. Yeah. Can, can you? If you come up with a better prayer than what Jesus did, by golly, I'll shake your hand. Um, Please email it to us at yes. theologyish at gmail.com. So I, I, I suppose that's all we have for you guys today. Um, and yeah. I, I would like to challenge you, the listener, to give it a try. Say the Lord's Prayer three times a day for i don't know a month and see see what you think um because it's been productive for me and i think it's been productive for you too ryan and there are still depths and mysteries to it that i am encountering and going deeper into what the, that uh little paragraph means yeah. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to talk about that a little bit and share it with you all because it's been productive for me. And it's been productive for Ryan too. And maybe it'll be productive for you if you give it a try. I'll go a step further and say it will be productive for you. And if it's not, that is not for a lack of the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, I, I think that any lack of benefit in doing it is reflective of you treating it poorly. Yeah. If you come to the Lord's prayer, uh, with openness and solemnity and you treat it like a holy thing because it's a holy thing, then it will undoubtedly do something for you. Um, but if you're kind of flip with it, if you're just like, Oh, I gotta do my Lord's Prayer. And you treat it like people who have like water goals. 
You ever known someone like that who has like yeah. the big thing of water and they're like, yep. I'm trying to drink like a whole quart every day or whatever. Three gallons a day, bro. Yeah. And they're like, they, they're, you know what I'm talking about. The people with the water goal who's trying yeah. to drink a certain amount of water. Don't, don't treat the Lord's prayer like that. Treat it like something that's holy. And treat it as something that Christ gave us. Because yes. it is. And and treat it with reverence and I don't I am not against using it as a template. But why don't you just let it soak into your bones as written before you start changing it around? Yeah. Is that fair? I think so. And don't just listen to us. There are more educated people than us who have spoken on this matter in articles, on other podcasts, I'm sure, on YouTube videos, in sermons, whatever. Go go listen to other people talk about it, too, because I'm sure there's some great stuff out there that also has some things to say about this that we probably didn't. Well, that said, I, I think we did a pretty good job. So yeah. if you think that we also did a pretty good job, please like, comment, and subscribe. And whatever pod catcher you're using to catch this pod. Leave a five-star review if you're on Spotify. Or any other... Uh, we're on Amazon Podcasts? Yeah, we're on Amazon. We're on Podcast Index. We're on uh, a few others. Uh, Samsung Podcast. Yep. Le- so leave us a review wherever you get your pods from. We'll read it if on if, the podcast. Yeah, if that's uh, an option. Because, like, Spotify, you can't leave, like, well, yeah. a written review. It's just the stars. Now, something you can do on Spotify is do a Q&A. Who? You and can pose are, a Q and A, yeah, and people can just send in their answer, and we can see those. On yeah, our so give us. Uh, Maybe we'll we'll put that. up a Q and A and see where that goes. Yeah, and uh, email us at theologyish at gmail if you have any questions or what have you, and we will get back to you. Anyway, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Yeah, see you next week. All right, bye. bye.